the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Stocks popped to new record highs, but Tesla's sinking today. I think that headline says a lot right there. We've had three straight big up weeks following a September that was lumpy to down, but a year that's unbelievably positive. Um, it freaks me out how good of a year we're having, if I were to be quite honest with you. We're up 20% in the S&P 500, the NASDAQ up almost 18, 19% of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's, it's a great year. I started this segment thinking out loud, do I want to say this? That we can't have too many years like this in a row, otherwise everyone gets rich. And if everyone gets rich, then it kind of, we start buying more stuff and if everyone buys more stuff the producers say let's charge more to make it and inflation comes and kind of kills the goldilocksian equation success breeds down the road failure this has been a very successful market the sp 500 is up one tenth of a percent today the dow jones industrial up four-tenths of a percent, and the NASDAQ up one-quarter of one percent. The Russell's higher, all four major indices in the United States. To me, the NASDAQ represents growth stocks, whether it be Starbucks, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple. It's a market-weighted index, which means the biggest players have the biggest impacts on it. So it's, it's not what it sounds like. Same thing with the S&P 500. It should be called the S&P 10 plus 490 because as those top 10, top 20 stocks do, so does the index more often than not. That's not factual. It's kind of a bias of mine to say that out loud. McDonald's is a loser today, but their stock looks like it's it honestly it looks like the early days of Google in the last two years. Like what happened? Oh, yeah, pandemic. Why did that work so well for them? Because they've got drive throughs and you can stay in your car. Um, Starbucks probably goes, man, we should have every store of ours should have a drive through Because when they are, they're busy. I wonder if like piss jars sold really well during the pandemic because you couldn't go into restaurants to pee during a long road trip. You get arrested once or twice for peeing behind a McDonald's and you're like, I'm going to invest in a piss jar. I know you're saying piss jar. Trust me. It's a thing. Look it up. It's very Southern. It's all I'm going to say. Having parents from the South was quite interesting. Um, got an email from someone saying, I use credit cards for everything. Everything. Is that a bad thing? And I... Instantly would ask the question, do you pay off your credit cards with everything, everything that you're putting on them? 
Are you sending in stamps and mail and checks? Are you automating it all online? I've automated everything online for me. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's too much work and I wouldn't be able to stay on top of it. But I'm not against someone using credit cards and points and earning points. It's interesting because I have uh, two credit cards that have so much vacation points and hotel points that I'm like, I used to be like, we're going to go to Hawaii for like three trips. Now it's like, we're going to go to Hawaii for like six trips <laughs> or let's just up the game and go to Thailand. I have no problems with that. Um, but if you have problems paying your bills or you have problems keeping it organized, I really don't like having your spending on credit. Um you always want to have an emergency fund. You want to put things in line before you get too cute with how you're approaching your spending. Um, I think getting ahead of the game is the number one part of the show. The average balance in a 401k in the United States is $129,300. For the average IRA in the United States, 134900 Roughly one quarter of Americans have no retirement account. And I began this segment talking about I kind of want the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ to cool it. We're up 20% for the year. Don't show off. Don't, don't, don't tease or taunt the cool kids who have nothing saved for retirement. Yeah, but <clears throat> managing your mortgage and your, your debt, your credit cards. When people ask me for a referral to a financial planner, I send out 10 basic questions to see kind of where they are because they may need to do more wealth accumulation versus wealth management. And one of the first things I ask is, how much do you earn? How old are you? How much do you have in an emergency fund? What are your basic assets, stocks, bonds, real estate? What are your basic liabilities, mortgages and credit card debt? Are you going to get an inheritance? And then you start painting a picture of where this person is. Do you have kids? Do you care? Do you have to fund your kids' college? Um, but... I'm okay with people using credit cards. I'm just not okay with people using credit cards irresponsibly. I hope that makes sense, and I hope it's not too judgy of me. United States is opening up our borders for foreign visitors. This is good news because many of them have opened up their borders for us. And we want them to come here and help the airlines and help hospitality and help retailers. Of all the shopping fueled by travel and tourism in 2019, global travelers accounted for 27% of it. So Europe's been a little bit mad at us because they've allowed Americans to visit for months but didn't get reciprocity. And, well, it's coming starting today. Walmart's got an interesting new technology. They've got self-driving driverless trucks. Now, it's only doing it in one area, and it's a seven-mile loop essentially from the – warehouse to the market but that's a job that's been taken away from somebody and you could say well that's not a great job being a basically a bus driver or a van driver but this allows walmart to operate for 12 hours instead of eight um walmart's fulfillment center is called a dark store and then they're moved on to a walmart neighborhood market grocery store where Walmart is um, headquartered. What's interesting about Walmart is in a competitive manner against 
Kmart, they really did things well in the 1950s and 60s. Kmart, after World War II, started hiring executives who were Harvard trained, Princeton trained, had degrees in retail management. Walmart's like, nope, we're just going to use the information. We're going to get into computer technology. We're going to document everything and base our decisions on that. So Kmart had these managers who predicted trends. Walmart let the numbers speak for themselves. Walmart knew that if you came in on a Thursday, it was probably for dog food. You probably came in on a Saturday for tennis sneakers. And the idea was let's staff the dog food departments on Tuesdays and let's get the shoe department staffed on Saturdays. <clears throat> Very smart with their approach to numbers. And Walmart didn't let the managers make the decisions. They put a distribution center right in the middle of eight. Think of it as the middle wheel being the hub. And then the, the truck draw lines were spokes out to the stores. Very, very smart. Difference between Walmart, still in business, Kmart, sucks, out of business. I'm Ron Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is The Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. There's some brouhaha on Friday as Ford announced buying back shares. And liberals in our country were quick to know, hey, hey, didn't we, didn't our government give you billions during the pandemic? Why are you buying back shares? Same thing with the airlines, right? We bailed you out. Maybe you should have an emergency fund so you don't ever have to take taxpayer money again. I, I, I agree with that argument. I think those industries that are so labor heavy that can be disrupted may, maybe shouldn't play by the same rule and maybe have a different form of accounting. Share buybacks help shareholders, which I'm not against. I like. But I'm also wanting to say let's be responsible how we approach this in the near future. So Ford, because we learn lessons. We don't have to be stuck in stone, do we? I hope not. Um, relaxing the pandemic era travel restrictions for foreign investors, probably a very good thing, all things considered for business and economies. If we feel we're not bringing in a new variant to spread amongst our people in the United States, fortunately so far, everything that has come to the United States, probably some of them have made here, um, has been pretty receptive to the vaccines as far as efficacy goes. One of the stories I hit on early in the show that I didn't get a chance to really finish was aging baby boomers raised the risk of long-term care crisis in the United States. The oldest baby boomers are turning 80. Now, 20 years ago, when I started in this industry, I was much younger. 25 years ago, we were talking about, oh, the baby boomers are getting ready to retire. And they're going to take a lot of Viagra. So you can have an old person's sex life. And I was like, oh, too much for me to think about, right? And the old people are starting to retire, so they're going to be on Plavix and blood thinners for the rest of their life. And the old people are starting to retire, so they're going to sell their big house and buy a small house, and the housing market's going to crash. There's always thoughts on demographic trends. Sometimes they play out. 
sometimes they don't. I pay attention to the millennials because they tend to spend the most amount of money paycheck to paycheck. My generation is like, well, I'm not going to be working forever, so I need to save money. Not as easy to invest in what I'm investing in. But the baby boomers turning older is going to be an interesting one for our healthcare system. One of the things I had to do when my father got cancer was I had to take care of him. Um, there was a little bit more physical demands that my mom was less than able to do and my father was unable to perform, like standing up, like carrying him from the bedroom to the shower. I did not enjoy that. And as we turn 80, we need, we become more and more feeble. So the long-term care system is going to struggle with that. And good healthcare for people is going to be expensive. The average annual cost of a private room in a nursing home is $102,000. And that's not even getting into the nicer ones. Research, $102,000 a year to be in a nursing home. So you do the math and you see that the average American in their 401k has got $160,000. And you're like, ooh, that's going to go fast in retirement. Yeah. Um, now, again, some of us are going to fare better than others. I'm 100% confident my spouse lived to 90. Her grandparents lived to 90. Her parents are 85, 85 and 82. Um, I see them living a long time. Um, they're in good health. Mother's starting to slip. But you factor in her parents on her, and she'll probably live to mid-80s. My dad was dead before he was 60. My mom died at 85. So let's say I split in between the two, and I, I die at 70. Um, during my bad years, 67, 68, 69, 70 years old, my spouse will probably take care of me. Um, do a lot of it. Maybe when it gets tough, my kids will physically jump in and help. But for her, the kids will be older, will have families of their own, and she's going to have to count on long-term care to help cover the costs if she gets into a long-term care situation. Of note, neither of her parents did. Neither of her grandparents have yet. Grandparents are dead, but parents are still alive. 33% of retirees don't have resources to cover even minimal long-term care. It's going to become a crisis. Um, in my head, I was like, how do we, how do, how do you think senior citizens are going to vote in the future? Free healthcare or no free healthcare? They're going to aim for the free healthcare. Just throwing that out there for you. Um, anything you want invest in we can talk about um southwest has got a companion pass on sale again i've never been that kind of guy anytime i get it like a companion pass i never use it as much as i think i'm going to but southwest has had some staffing issues and uh, one of the ways they're trying to get good pr is the companion pass um, and they roll it out every now and then when they need to but you could use your points to basically get quite a good deal throwing it out there for you if you and your spouse are really egging urging wanting to travel 
um, on Southwest flights. Um, I know people who swear by that deal. Pandemic milestone hit today as the U.S. ends international travel ban. Ethereum hits a new all-time high. Bitcoin inches towards a record. Tesla shares are falling 5% after Elon Musk says he's going to sell 10% of his stock. That's one of the more interesting situations between Musk and Bezos. Is Bezos has already sold a lot of his stock. And the profits from the company is much more in tune with making money in the future than Tesla's very meager profits, all things considered, but very expensive stock. So Musk is going to have to write the IRS a check for a couple billion dollars this year, $15 billion. I think I'm pissed off every year when I do my taxes and how much I'm giving the government. Trust me, I feel blessed that I'm sending in that much money. I feel blessed that I'm sending in more than my dad made in a, a calendar year of income. But at the same time, it's like a little freaky deaky. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Four S&P sectors hit new all-time highs. Um, the S&P 500 or the Standard Poor's Index is made up of 10 sectors. Technology remains the best performing on a relative basis. Um, energy and financials are doing quite well. Then you start getting into retail and with retail you can get soft lines or hard lines. In healthcare, you can start, you know, dissecting it from HMOs and PPOs to drug companies to biotech companies. But there's 10 main sectors and three of the top ones right now, energy, technology, and financials. They're all hitting all-time highs. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com robblackshow.com looking to buy a new car watch out this weekend when i was getting my booster shot i uh was asking the shot giver questions i'm like i tried to get the flu shot as well and he goes sorry dude we're out of flu shots i'm like really how's that possible he goes well you kind of waited a little bit too long there's a lot of them in september october but now that you've pushed in november the big drug companies send fewer of them because they don't want to have too many at the end of the season kind of thing. I'm like, I did not know. He said, you'll have to find it elsewhere. I'm like, okay. And I was like, I was thinking supply chain, maybe they couldn't get the ingredients. Maybe all the needles were going to the COVID world. And, uh, he said, yeah, everyone's coming in now and there's a massive shortage of people. I'm burning out. So that gave me a little labor market thought of even healthcare companies are having problems with labor, not just restaurants. But then I read a story about a woman who has a cello. Everybody loves cellos. Um, she wants to buy a car because she goes around from concert to concert and has to bring her cello with her. And in particular, she wanted to get an Outlook Outback SUV, the only car that would accommodate her cello. So when she went to buy it, she had to pay a fee above sticker price. They're charging $3,000 over sticker just to order it. They said if it was a car on the lot, it would be $4,000 over. They can charge more for the cars now. And I instantly started going, I wonder if this is price gouging. I wonder if this is legal. 
the cello player said she doesn't have time to go from dealer to dealer, and I get that. And for me, it's some days I'll be like, yeah, we need groceries. And some days I'm like, no, let's just do it on Instacart. I don't really want to go into a store and do the mask thing again. little mask fatigue, right? Car buyers are finding themselves paying over sticker, and that's just – it's pretty surreal. The average age of men in the United States dying went down last year, they said, because of the opioids and COVID. That's alarming. I was doing a story earlier today about how we're living longer and how the healthcare system's really not set up for long-term care and how baby boomers are really starting to hit their peak frail living time. I don't want to live deep into my 80s if I'm going to be frail. So back to the car. It's called a market adjustment fee. The surcharge is usually a handwritten near the sticker price or verbally conveyed by the salesperson. It's becoming more widespread across the nation. Whether you want the hot, sexy Chevy Corvette or the Ford Bronco Sport, the fees range from a few hundred bucks to $20,000 or more above the manufacturer's sales retail price, MSRP. It was intended to offset the low sales volume dealerships are experiencing due to the trickle of new vehicles coming in from factories. So manufacturers struggle with parts shortages. COVID's hit Asia where we build a lot of our parts and a lot of our vehicles. So will this become a legal issue? I don't think so. Um, but because they're in such high demand, they're taking advantage of the situation for darn sure. And just keep in mind that COVID-19 is, I don't want to say far from over. The supply chain disruption is far from over, it feels like. A lot of this has been us underestimating, right? Back in March of 2022, 2020, we were like, oh, by August, we'll get through the summer months. The summer months will burn. The COVID flew up. That didn't play out like that. Here we are, another going into winter, going, well, at least we're out of summer. Maybe the summertime killed some of the virus. And we still have pockets of the United States that are very hot and pockets of the world that are very hot with COVID. Both pockets that are hot tend to be in areas that are under-vaccinated. Coincidence? I don't think so. U.S. ports remain jammed with ships that can't unload their goods. If you were thinking about getting everything you want for your kids Christmas, if you're thinking about spoiling them rotten, shop now or shop last month. Um, Because Amazon and car dealers are not going to be given any discounts. Edmunds data show the average transaction price for new cars has been higher than manufacturer sale retail price for the last three months. That indicates a majority of the 16,000 plus dealerships in the nation are charging fees above sticker price. Most people are coming across this when they're in the dealerships and no one's really talking about it. <laughs> a little technical difficulty. Oh, and for the record, if you want to get a computer, um, they're out there. They're just not very high end. Everyone has bought high end computers in the last year to kind of give their kids something to play with on video games. I'm not going to say everyone. I don't want to be that blanket of a statement. But it's 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 robust. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Elon Musk is weighing up to $21 billion share sale following his Twitter poll. That's a lot of salmon going downstream, a lot of sellers. Now, in this case, it's one person. I personally believe it would have been wiser for him to not tell the whole world on Twitter, hey, guys, watch out below. I'm selling $20 billion of my stock. Musk has previously floated the idea of selling Tesla stock this year, likely for tax reasons. So he's well documenting it. I guess you could say that's transparent. But I think if you're a shareholder of the company, you're like, come on, Elon, don't tell everyone it's coming. And if you're looking to get into shares, you're like, yeah, sweet, bring on the big sell. Maybe I can get in at a lower price. He's going to have a tax bill this year that's going to be the king of all tax bills. Just throwing that down there for you. Um, he'll have like bragging rights with the IRS. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. There's a picture of resiliency and calm right now on Wall Street. Um, it's tranquil. There's nothing dramatic going on other than new market highs. Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. Brought more good treatment news to the world. A phase three trial showed its antibody treatment reduced the risk of contracting COVID by 81% between months two and eight after administration. So we're getting good with this one, which is great news. There's a positive in the, all the COVID tragedy. We are pulling forward research aggressively. I think in one of the reasons that we should, we should be honest about this and then tip our hat uh, America and capitalism in America is telling companies like Regeneron and Moderna and Pfizer and BioNTech and Johnson Johnson, go, go, go develop a cure. Do it as fast as you can and we'll get it approved as soon as we can for you and you can sell it. And there's a capitalist aspect of would these companies be spending as much money developing fast cures and fast treatments? Probably not. Coming week is going to add feature key inflation data in the form of the October producer price index on Tuesday and the October consumer price index on Wednesday. Those reports should contribute to our picture, big picture understanding of inflation. We keep going into the Federal Reserve meetings and we keep getting inflationary data and we keep going, yeah, it's not as trans transitory as we want. But it will be. It will be. We we said fall. We we remember we said you're gonna get back to school in the fall and that didn't happen. We said we just had shots in the fall and that that's it feels like we're kicking the can down the road and kind of admitting that we didn't get the picture right on inflation. The year over year increase in average hourly earnings is up four point nine percent. Typically speaking, I like that to be up between 2 to 4%. 4% in the hot and sexy years, 2% in the lean and cold years. I like wage inflation. I just don't like too much wage inflation. If wages are going up 5.9% or 4.9% in this case, I expect prices to be going up because I don't expect the owner of In-N-Out Burger to go, you know what? I'm having to pay everyone 5% more and my meat costs are up and my energy costs are up. I'm just going to eat all that. My wife's good with that. I'm going to make less this year than I did last year. So Rob Black can have his, his burger at the same price. Nope. He's going to be charging more for said burger. 
Burger King. Ethereum hits a new all-time high. I think the big story of the day has to be the U.S. ending international travel ban. Vaccinated tour sounds pretty good to me if I was in the industry of hotel and leisure. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. There's a lot of good downloadables there. There's a copy of the last interview that I did with Adam Phillips, EP's Director of Portfolio Strategy. I'll do another update with him today and get that up on Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest. You can check that out at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Stocks could soar to new heights in the weeks ahead, even though inflation data could come in hot. We've kind of been pushing higher. We've kind of been melting up. Rising prices are a major focus of the markets right now, as both consumer and producer price inflation measures are reported. Strategists say there's little to disrupt the markets. Run higher for now. So we're going to hear more and more Fed members come out, and as they've started to taper, you're going to hear more and more of their messaging to be about 2022 and 2023, and will they raise interest rates? Stocks touched record levels on Friday after a monumental week that included the Federal Reserve's announcement that it's going to wind down its bond buying. First step away from easing measures that it put in place at the start of the pandemic. And... The market's been basically running to market highs all through the pandemic. And if we had all taken a quiz three months before 2020, we'd taken it in October of 2019, and you said America and the world's about to be hit by a pandemic and shut down. People are going to be told, stay at home and don't shop. Christmas is going to be canceled. Thanksgiving's going to be pared back. We all go back to October of 2019. Would you say that the market's going to basically enjoy a, let's call it what it is, an 18-month run of uh, record high after 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 record high? Yeah, there's been some months in there like September that were ugly. Months like March of 2020 that were really ugly. But I would say the Fed has done their job. Now it's up to healthcare executives, and government spending to figure out the rest of it. The Fed expects to fully wind down its $120 billion per month bond purchases. We're going to continue to hear about the stickiness of higher prices from amateur economists who do radio shows like myself to real economists, to billionaires, billionaires who've been around since they've made their money in the stock market. And they remember what high inflation does to the stock market. And they warn, careful people. I've seen this before. Earnings out this week from SoftBank, Virgin Galactic, Zynga, PayPal, TripAdvisor, AMC Entertainment. Stop the car. AMC Entertainment, we get to find out how the movie business is doing, right? Another one of those odd phenomenon of the pandemic. The meme stock trading in companies that were doomed by the pandemic. On Tuesday, we get earnings from Coinbase. There's your play on Ethereum and Bitcoin. If you want a stock play on volume trading of 
altcoins. DoorDash comes out with numbers. BioNTech will come out with their earnings. Obviously, a play with Pfizer on COVID vaccines. I got my booster yesterday, and again, a little bit of chills for about two hours. But I'll tell you what, the, the tightness of the spot, that's the biggest drawback for me where after every segment, I move my body because when I'm talking to the radio, I get really tense. I, I just – I don't move my body. I just like stare at the microphone essentially. Wednesday, we're going to get earnings from Walt Disney. Now, that'll be a fun one, right? Did you hear in China that they had to keep 30,000 people inside the park to give them COVID tests after one left with a positive reading? It's like, oh, could you imagine that weight? And I, this may be fair, this may not be fair, but it's I don't think they were waiting exactly on their own accord. I think people with guns were telling them, you need to wait. Veterans Day is Thursday. The bond market's closed. Um, I always seem to thought, I don't know what's wrong with me. I always thought it was celebrated on a Monday. And it's just one of those things that sneaks up on you. Oh, and then we had uh, daylight savings time. I'm not verklempt. I'm not like worked up over it. I don't care if we keep it or don't keep it. But it did feel like I lost an hour of sleep. Outback Steakhouse which I've got a theory that I'm stealing from a friend in college. His theory was that fast food joints like McDonald's come out with chicken nuggets. And when they first come out with them, they're super high quality, top notch chicken. Like it's high quality food. And through time they turn it into processed food and it becomes a worse product. I have the same feeling about Outback Steakhouse. When I first went, I was like, these are pretty good steaks for a relatively small price. And then a couple of years later, I'm like, these are awful. These are like, I want to feed this to my dog. And I'm totally knocking out back steakhouse. And if you want to be a sponsor, I would certainly feed it to 0111010110. But their stock is getting hit because of higher cost on food and energy. Don't forget a lot of uh, steakhouses use natural gas to cook their meat. So and when natural gas is up 40, 50% year over year, it's going to get hit on the, the middleman and does it get passed on to you in the end. Higher labor costs, additional spending for safety. Um, I would say the restaurant industry is getting hit three ways right now. And I don't even think the biggest blooming onion in the world can save them. Did Paul Hogan used to be a spokesperson for Outback Steakhouse? Not okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop Outback Steakhouse and just say I own none, and I've never owned any. Um, and I honestly think that maybe I'm wrong in my theory that they lower the quality of the food over time versus maybe as I get older I get pickier on the food that I enjoy putting in my body, a little bit more so. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to each calls on the air. Anything you want to invest in, we can invest in. Talk about anything. Walmart's using its fully driverless trucks to ramp up its online grocery business. Yay! We're getting to more autonomous vehicles. Not necessarily in the delivery side, but in reducing inefficiencies. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You need a referral to a financial planner? Drop me an email, Rob at RobBlackShow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.